Hi, I'm Jess, co-host of the Elder Tree podcast and herbalist at Evans Head Naturopathy. You're listening to the Self-Care with Herbs segment, where each month I invite a new guest to chat about how weaving plants into their days enriches their experience of self-care, exploring routines, rituals and recipes for elevating mind, body and spirit. Hello, and thanks for joining me. Today, I'm chatting with Jen Campbell, a traditional herbalist in Bunbury, Western Australia, on Wadandi Noongar country. Herbs are Jen's passion, and she is a compassionate clinician as well as a skilled medicine maker. During our chat, Jen shares how a life-changing accident provided the portal for her to discover her passion and special connection with herbal medicine. Jen has a strong focus on bringing herbs back to the community and into our homes. She's passionate about making herbal medicine more attainable and accessible to all members of the community. Jen shares how this desire to make herbs more accessible, alongside the devastating bushfires that hit her region, triggered her to want to give back to the community even more and inspired her to open the first Herbalists Without Borders chapter in Bunbury with a group of like-minded practitioners. As a busy working mum, Jen shares that self-care doesn't come naturally to her. She's often more focused on looking after everybody else, which I'm sure sounds familiar to many of us. However, she's come to realise the importance of modelling self-care to her children and normalising this vital practice. Jen shares the joy of being in her herb garden with her children, picking posies of flowers for the table, munching on a flower or a leaf here or there, watching the bees and harvesting the herbs. We chat about Jen's love of herbal tea and she shares some of her favourite herbs for making yummy blends, as well as her tips for brewing the perfect cup of herbal tea. Jen's lovely, simple approach to weaving herbal medicine into our days will resonate with many of you, I'm sure. Welcome, Jen. Hi, Jess. I'm really excited about our chat today, Jen. Um, there's, I've been following your work for a long time now and there's lots of really interesting things going on in your sphere over there in WA and I can't wait to dive in and chat together about those things. Yes, yes, there's a bit going on and thanks, for, thanks so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. We're going to start out today, Jen, with a question um, that sort of takes you right back to the beginning of how your relationship with plant medicine began. How did that um, first come about for you? Yeah, well, I guess um, unofficially plant medicine was present in my life in the form of the forest from the time I was a young child. Um, I grew up on a farm in southwest WA in Little Bridgetown, um, or outside of Bridgetown. And I was really lucky, you know, we had, well, family still has a farm there and there's forest across the road. So, yeah, I just grew up um, observing and understanding nature and always feeling comfortable and safe in the bush, I guess. Um, but in terms of herbal medicine, that came about later in life in my teens. Mm-hmm. I was a horse-mad girl uh-huh. <laughs> with <laughs> um, very high ambitions and was doing pretty well in the horse world, but 
uh, life had other plans for me and I had a life-changing accident when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my life flipped, literally, wow. <laughs> um, in just a few hours. Wow. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's a long story, but I guess in a nutshell, um, at the age of 16, I couldn't attend school, I couldn't work, Gosh. the medical fraternity really just said, it's time, it takes time and mm-hmm. to heal and prescribed high-end anti-inflammatories and Valium. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of like a walking zombie. Mm. I was just pale and white and lifeless. What a shock for you um, as a teenager. Yeah, you know, it's such a, a pivotal time in your life, mm. you know, in your teens, you're trying to find your way and all of that as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not only was I emotionally rocked, mm. but I was physically rocked, yeah, to you know. And then, of course, I had the healing to do with my horse as well. Of course. Because um, we were both very, very lucky to walk out of the accident mm-hmm. as well as we did, mm-hmm. but his personality changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's what started me on the journey of realising there was another whole other world of healing mm-hmm. available. Um, yeah, and thankfully, you know, my parents didn't accept (laughs) that the pharmaceuticals was the only way Mm -hmm. and we set about trying a whole range of different modalities Mm -hmm. trying to get me well again. Mm. And so, Jen, prior to that, had you or your family had any experience with herbal medicine? No. Mm. Um, I think we... I saw a chiropractor from time to time Mm -hmm. and she occasionally used bushflower essences Mm. Um, but really, no, there was no, you know, um, honey and lemon when you had a cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, my food-wise, you know, my mum was a great home cook and my nana did a lot of preserves and things, but there was no, mm. no herbal medicine or natural medicine yeah. in our lives. Until that point. Yeah. Yeah. And do you want to talk us through how that sort of, how that evolved and how that came about, that introduction. Sure. So I guess the thing that's coming to mind at the moment is my horse. Mm. He, you know, we were best buddies Mm -hmm. and he didn't want to know me. He became quite vicious towards me and that was horrible, you know. Traumatic. (laughs) Sure, yes, very. Um, And one of the ladies that we went to see was a homeopath. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, trying to get me well, and we happened to mention um, how my, you know, the situation with my horse, and so she got to me to tune into Harley was his name, and um, she made a homeopathic remedy for him. Oh wow! Yeah, and it was amazing. If anybody ever questions homeopathy mm. um, as as a placebo, um, I think animals are a great proof that that's not the case mm. because it turned turned him around um, emotionally, which was great for both of us. Wow, so he started to be able to have that connection again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Um, and then in terms of myself, we, 
Yeah, we just tried all sorts of things for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, I always say to people, you know, it's different modalities suit different people and at different points in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think each modality I experienced helped in some way. Um, But for me, it was actually osteopathy that made Ah. the difference. Yeah. I remember laying on the bed and this, you know, I was 17 and this man had his hands on my head mm-hmm. doing nothing and I thought I didn't want to go to this appointment because <laughs> I was sick of I was sick of trying yeah. all these things. Yeah. And I thought, here we go. And then all of a sudden the headaches were gone for the first time in two years. Wow. And I thought, hang on a minute, something's happening here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I saw him for a series of treatment and that's really what turned things around for me yeah um in the complex that he worked was a naturopath Mm -hmm. um and this was my first exposure to naturopathy I'd sort of been looking more at um you know physical type modalities Bowen and chiropractic and physio and acupuncture and that line Mm. of things yeah um so my mum I think my mum saw the naturopath for her health concerns and then later down the track I saw him for other things um but I guess that was my introduction to herbal medicine Mm. was seeing what he was doing Mm -hmm. um yeah and and I suppose just over the two years of exploring different you know this whole world of natural therapies that Mm -hmm. I didn't know existed yeah um I came to decide I'd go and study to be a naturopath (laughs) so that that trauma really inspired your future Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, it was the, the light that came out of the dark, for yeah. sure. And did you go straight from school into studying naturopathy? No. Um, I had a, well, you know, I went back to school and finished year 11 and 12 mm-hmm. in a month healing my body mm-hmm. um, and coming to terms with the trajectory of my life path having changed Mm. um and I you know I had this this inner turmoil of to do what my heart was calling Mm. or to do what my head said in terms of getting a proper job (laughs) (laughs) so I actually went to uni and started studying education to be a teacher yes but I left many times because my heart just wasn't wasn't in it yeah um yeah so I went off to do naturopathy I must have been about 21 I think Mm -hmm. yeah um but my first unit of herbal medicine I absolutely fell in love okay and that's when I thought no you know homeopathy and massage which was part of the naturopathy course at the time Mm -hmm. was great but not for me as a practitioner. I just really wanted to delve into the herbal mm. medicine side of things and get to know the plants really well. So yes. that was my choice, um, which at the time, you know, in the early 2000s, you know, people didn't really know what a herbalist was. They thought that I grew herbs and <laughs> smoked weed. <laughs> that was the extent of what general people thought. Yeah, yeah so I've seen a lot change yeah, since then. Absolutely. Mm. And from there, Jen, did you jump, jump straight into clinical practice? Um, let me think. No, well, 
Yes, part-time, part-time clinical practice Mm -hmm. and um, part-time day job, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did at one point, I went back to university and finished my teaching degree. Okay. Um, And I did that for a little while, but I was always doing herbal medicine on the side, Mm -hmm. selling my teas at markets. Yes, passion project. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It never left. Yeah. Um, And... Yeah, I, I had to follow my heart 100%. That's beautiful. Um, you know, I enjoyed teaching. I learned a lot. It helped me to um, grow personally mm-hmm. and experience the world because I taught in regional, rural, remote mm-hmm. WA. Mm-hmm. Um, so experienced Indigenous culture and things, which was great. Beautiful. Um, but it's really lovely to just be a full-time herbalist and mama these days yeah. and have been for a few years, yeah. That's lovely. And I, I notice in your practice there's a real sense of community about your practice and education, um, educating the community about herbs in the home and herbs in the garden and, you know, providing workshops for the community to help upskill and and your your most recent project um, with Herbless Without Borders, would you like to um, tell us a little bit, bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I've always struggled with the fact that for a lot of people, natural medicines is unreachable mm. because of the cost. Yes. Um, and, you know, I unfortunately I, I need to earn an income as well, so I need to, you know, charge for my services, but... Yeah, I really wanted to be able to offer something to everyone. Mm. Um, And a few years ago, I discovered the International Organisation of Herbalists Without Borders, Mm -hmm. um, which is a non-profit organisation that brings natural health care and disaster relief and education to those in need. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I've been a member of that organisation for a few years. And then this year, I decided that it was time to get it happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my plate's pretty full with family yes. and clinic and, you know, but um, we had some bushfires here in the southwest over summer that were pretty devastating to a couple of communities mm-hmm. and at the time I wanted to be able to help but I didn't have the resources and energy to do so. So I thought, right, let's just get this happening and I had a friend who thought it was fantastic and encouraged me to do it, so I put the word out um, or started, filled out the paperwork yes. with Herbalist Without Borders <laughs> and opened the chapter and then um, some wonderful practitioners came on board here with me in Bunbury. So um, we have another naturopath, a herbalist, um, kinesiologist, massage, a nurse and complementary therapist um, and a yoga therapist as well. What a team. Uh, yeah, um, and we just had our first event on the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it, it it went so well. It was it was beautiful. Um, it was such a lovely atmosphere, um, and and it was just really uh, heartwarming to be able to serve people who otherwise wouldn't have had access to, you know, our advice. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was really Can nice. you paint us a little picture of how that day looked if someone walked into your space? Sure. So a local community centre, Milligan Community Centre, they 
are really supportive of our movement. So they opened up their doors of the centre for us and they have a community garden attached to the centre. Oh, how lovely. Yeah, and we're working on growing medicinal herbs there which will then feed into the community apothecary in time and be used as an educational space as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So my sister, Tracy Barnett, she opened up the day with a little live set of music for us which added added a lovely ambience to the morning. And we, I did a um, DIY home herbalism talk, mm-hmm. uh, which attracted a, a nice crowd of people. Mm-hmm. And there was just people mixing and mingling and chatting and talking to the community gardener. Um, and and then you know we had the the separate practitioners um, in a private space. We had two rooms which were shared by practitioners but separate from the social area. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was naturopathy consultations going on, consultations with myself as a herbalist and then massage, kinesiology and yoga therapy. People had 30-minute appointments, uh, yeah, and we had a yoga session in the middle of the day and it was just a really – the feedback was really good. Mm. It was – lovely and healing and people were so grateful for the service um some local businesses donated uh herbal remedies and supplements so we were able to prescribe things for free along with the consults as well so that was really really beneficial Mm. to the people what a beautiful nurturing and nourishing experience for your community yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, at the end of the day, I was exhausted, but my cup was full mm, too. <laughs> absolutely. I just love that, um, bringing the herbs back to the community and making it accessible and and having that, that sense of, of giving to the community. You've been so generous, Jen. Uh, back during the Northern Rivers, Rivers floods, we were so grateful to receive your beautiful donation of herbs and they just brightened the day of, of so many people who were able to receive them. I just was so grateful to get those. Oh, no, I'm glad to be able to help. Yeah. So, Jen, you're a businesswoman. You have mm-hmm. opened the Herbalist Without Borders chapter in <laughs> Bunbury and you're also the mother of two small children. So I imagine that self-care <laughs> is quite important to you. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of what self-care means to you? Absolutely. So self-care is not something that comes naturally to me at all. Mm -hmm. I'm very much a looking after everybody else except myself type of person. Although since having children, I've realised that I can't care for them if I don't care for myself. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's really um, encouraged me to look after myself better. Mm. And I feel it's important to also model to my children that self-care is okay. Yes. Particularly, I have a boy and a girl. Yes. And particularly just mindful of of the pattern of females and wanting my little girl to know that it's good to look after yourself, you know. Yes. Um, so it's a constant work in progress. Yeah. I've always got work, room to improve. Yeah, but really normalising um, it and making it an everyday sort of routine rather than something that is extravagant or something that you only do rarely when you really need to. I love that idea of 
making it something normal that your children are witnessing you investing in yourself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Jen, when you aren't, I mean, um, as you just mentioned, it's something that doesn't come naturally, so you do need to really be aware and focused on when self-care is necessary for you. What sorts of whispers do you start to hear from your body when when self-care really is most needed? Yeah, you know, it's that growing tension in the tummy and the shoulders. Yes. uh, That ever-growing to-do list and the feeling of overwhelm Mm. that goes with it. Yes. And if I find myself becoming reactive (laughs) and anxiety type of things creeping in, I know that I really need, you know, to up the self-care. Yes. That's my signs that my tank's running low. Yeah, I think that's really common. Um, You know, we start to notice things gradually starting to snow us under and that that tension both in the body and the mind starts to become really prominent. Our bodies start to shout at us if we don't listen to those whispers, don't they? Yes, they sure do. Sure do. Jen, what are Mm -hmm. some of the rituals and routines that you love to weave into your days in terms of self-care with herbs? Yeah, so tea is one of the things that's always there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, even in the busyness of the day, a, a cup of tea, you know, with select herbs in really helps just to bring me back into the moment and it's, nourishing me on on many levels Mm. I like I like the warmth I like the experience with the herbs yes and and it's something for me yeah Yeah. that's beautiful Um, and do you have particular herbs that you tend to lean on at, mm. at times or are you generally you know do they vary it does vary a little mm-hmm. depending on what's happening at the time and the seasons. Mm. Uh, chamomile is always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, dandelion, uh, the root and the leaf is always there. I love dandelion. I have a strong affinity with that yeah. plant. So Lovely. I love to bring it into the cup of tea. Yes. Um, yeah, lemon balm. I really like lemon balm on many levels as well. And calendula actually is a tea I love. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so yeah. lovely for so many reasons, calendula. Mm, definitely. And I noticed too, Jen, that um, you spend time with the herbs outside and you're often um, inviting your children out to spend time with herbs. Do you have a herb garden at home? Yes, I do. Um, we've had to work very hard to improve our sandy WA soil uh, here. Yes. <laughs> Which has been a good journey uh, for the kids as well. You know, the excitement of, wow, we've got worms in our soil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, But I do have a herb garden um, with lots of beauties in uh, at different phases, some babies, Mm. some mature, and I have potted herbs as well. Beautiful. Always, you know, picking herbs just for little posies in the garden, Mm. sorry, in the kitchen or clinic. Mm. The kids help me harvest herbs for drying and we plant seeds. 
Yeah. yeah, my son actually is quite proud of his calendula that he oh, <laughs> he's actually got a green thumb. He oh, really has a green thumb. So. That's beautiful. That's nice. Can you take yeah. us for a little virtual wander through your garden? Sure. Well, the main sort of herb garden really is out the front door. Beautiful, so, really accessible. Yeah, and I love it because even if I'm caught in the busyness of the day, you know, heading out to the car, to school there's a herb so we have a moment to stop and look at the bees or pick a flower eat some borage flowers (laughs) Um, whatever it is Um, and then again when we come home from school with the kids you know they love to grab the mint and have a munch that's beautiful Um, yeah so it's just interwoven in the day yeah Yeah. that's really lovely and are you using the herbs in your garden in your teas as well so for our home blends, mm. we do. The mm. blends that I do in the clinic, I purchase those teas because I don't have the quantities yeah. in the garden as yes. yet. Yes. Um, I do use my own calendula from the garden for balms and Beautiful. I've got some other, you know, little goodies yeah, from the lovely. garden. I played with making borage flower essence. Oh, how beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And what what do you like to use borage flower essence for, Jen? Well, that's a bit of an interesting story, actually. I was postpartum in winter mm-hmm. <laughs> and so a bit tired and run down yes. and you know, a bit of the post-baby blues and this borage had self-seeded um, out the back. This particular plant was actually not out the front. And it was massive and it was just calling to me every day. So that's when I made the essence from it. And I just love it for bringing about joy and lifting the heavy, heavy cloud. Oh, that's so beautiful when you think about that borage flower looking like a star and bringing brightness and light. Mm, Exactly. That's gorgeous. Sounds like you have a really lovely herb garden and that's um, a beautiful way for your whole family to weave the herbs into your days and take those moments yeah yeah um yeah we talk well I talk to the herbs every day and the kids are kind of following me so they do as well and um we watch them grow and make different observations about you know what's growing well and what different bugs like at the time and marveling over you know like our first echinacea bloom that was a huge excitement exciting yes yeah watching the transformation and And it's a really lovely way to connect with the seasons too isn't it yes definitely watching the garden change and making those observations Mm -hmm. yeah jen when you are able to weave the herbs into your days in those ways we've just spoken about whether it's having a smell or a taste as you wander through the garden or talking to the herbs or having that beautiful ritual of a herbal tea, what sorts of benefits do you start to see in your mind and your body and your spirit? I definitely feel more calm, more peaceful. I feel connected to, you know, like you get that feeling that life's just flowing and you're a part of things and not this isolated being that's buzzing around trying to achieve yes. <laughs> too many things yes uh, so yeah content content and yes. peaceful yeah that's beautiful and do you have a special recipe or ritual or routine 
using plant medicine for self-care that, that you could share with us? Yeah, I thought I'd share my Nurture Me tea it, because it was a blend that originally I made from, I used to just make for myself. Mm-hmm. When I come into clinic, I'd grab a bit of everything and put it in the pot and it was my my blend I was turning to a lot as a, as a, a cup filler for me. Mm. And then I decided, you know, I'd package it up for people. Um, so it's got dandelion leaf in, mm-hmm. which is, you know, lovely for the liver and kidneys. Um, chamomile for calming that nervous system and calming that, you know, any nervousness in the tummy. Mm-hmm. But then the other little additions was elderflower, calendula and rose petals. Lovely. So, yeah, you know, like the elderflower, well, this is the Elder Tree podcast, isn't it? Yes. So I think you've spoken yes. a lot about the elder. Uh, there's a lot to the elder, but I feel it's got that little magical element to it that brings a bit of magic to the day. Mm. Uh, calendula I love for the solar plexus. Mm. Um, you know, it's great for the immune system and lymphatics as well, but I was sort of turning to it for the solar plexus affinity and then rose petals as well for the heart. Beautiful. So it's just like this nice little yeah, what warm a cup of nourishment. That's beautiful mm. and all those flowers in there it would be a really beautiful blend to look at as well yeah yeah yeah. and you know making sure that you use a special a pretty cup too we often put the the pretty things away for a special day but every day is a special day so using that fancy teapot and teacup and and you know enjoying it because we're worthy of those great things every day we are we are Mm. and what's your tips on brewing the perfect cup of herbal tea my number one tip is to cover it so that all those wonderful volatile oils don't evaporate Mm. Uh, i think that's a simple thing that's often missed yes Uh, you know the great little claw infusers are convenient so that you can just brew it in a cup rather than a teapot Mm -hmm. but um finding a little lid to you know or even just putting a plate over the top of your cup while it brews is my number one tip captures all the goodness Mm. yeah and I might just share a little ritual I like to do with the kids too if that's okay I'd love you to it's something I keep meaning to do for myself and I don't, but I do it for the kids mm-hmm. and get joy from them. Yes. <laughs> but something that we love to do is we go into the garden with a basket and collect a lot of herbal leaves and flowers, whatever the kids are drawn to, mm-hmm. and then we add it to their bath. Oh, so, how beautiful. Yeah, we just put it direct into the bath. We don't make it tea or yes. tea bag that yeah. you can do for some herbal baths we just pop it in and then it's such a beautiful sensory experience mm. for the kids because they've got the beautiful colors and yes. the scents and sometimes a water changes color oh that's uh, so beautiful yeah what a gorgeous experience straight from the garden that they've chosen themselves and then to be mm. bathing in that yeah that's just yeah. such it's a beautiful visual fun. image i can picture it <laughs> Yeah. How gorgeous. Well, they're two really lovely rituals that I I feel are really doable for anybody, you know. Anybody can make a beautiful cup of herbal tea, whether it's using dried herbs or something that you have growing in the garden. And what a lovely experience if you have children or even for yourself to make a beautiful 
herbal bath with just fresh or dried herbs. Mm. Such a gorgeous sensory experience, as you said. Yeah, and I sometimes suggest to people too, if they don't have a bath, you can just do a foot bath for yourself in the same manner. Yes, yeah, Yeah, you still experience all those lovely scents and the the visual beauty of it as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Jen, I love how your approach to herbalism is so accessible and I'd love you to talk a little bit more about the workshops that you've run in the past and whether you have any in the pipeline that you'd like to share. Sure. So there's sort of been a bit of a, um, what you say, ad hoc pattern to my workshops. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just fitting in with young family yes. and clinic. Um, this year I was invited to a school to run a tea blending workshop with some high school students. Uh, so that was a lot of fun and something that was really new to the students. Yes. Uh, and I kind of gave them, you know, I made it so that they could succeed in blending their own mm-hmm. herbal tea to take home mm-hmm. as well as tasting some in the classroom. Yes. Uh, I also did a calendula balm-making workshop with a group of young mums. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. Yeah, so we went through the process of making how to make an infused oil and making the balm, and then they took that home for their families so that was really lovely. Perfect. As well, they were really excited. Yeah, they were really excited to learn of, you know, how to do it and of the options that they had. I guess they didn't realise it was so easy to yes. do. Yes, um, I love that, just empowering people and showing them that it doesn't have to be really difficult or expensive. I mean, calendula is such a cure-all, isn't it? It's such a wonderful thing to have in the first aid kit. It sure is, and and it's so easy to grow. Yes. Um, I think everyone should have calendula and mm. the seeds. I love the seeds. Oh, aren't they amazing? You know, nice claw-shaped yes. seeds. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. imagine that something could come out of that, would you? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Just unbelievable. And yeah. and that's great, Jen, those, those two workshops, you know, sharing not only with the younger generation ways to incorporate herbs into their lives, and that, and that, who knows what that will inspire um, for, for kids still at school, but also providing young mums with an opportunity to nourish and nurture their families using something that they've made and knowledge that they've gained from you. Yeah, yeah, it's really heartwarming to and humbling to share such knowledge with people, I think, and I always love to see their faces as well when they've created a herbal medicine themselves. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Jen, for our chat today. I feel like we've um, we've covered a lot and, and your journey's been really inspiring. And I think you've shared some wonderful ways that people can start to weave herbal medicine in really simple and accessible ways into their everyday to enrich their experience of self-care. Yeah, thanks, Jess. It's really been a pleasure having you. I'm so glad you tuned into this episode of Self Care with Herbs, a segment of the Elder Tree podcast. The Elder Tree is a non profit dedicated to empowering people through grassroots herbal education and earth skills, weaving a strong community of herbalists, healers, and plant folk in Australia. 
The Elder Tree is in the beginning stages of creating a grassroots herbal education centre and healing sanctuary on the Atherton Tablelands, far north Queensland. You can head over to theeldertree.org to find out more and follow the journey on Instagram and Facebook. You can also donate to The Elder Tree via our podcast channel on Anchor or via the website. If you liked the episode, we'd love you to subscribe. And if you know who we should interview next, drop us a line. I hope you found something in this episode that has inspired you to begin to lean into those plant allies and to experience your practice of self-care blossoming and blooming. I look forward to sharing more ways you can weave plant medicine into your days next month.